sorry fam we're having some technical difficulties i don't know why alex is a robot but he is does that sound better you sound like you're in a cave but it doesn't sound like you are well that's um, good yeah that's that's good I mean, I'm in a cave, obviously, because there's a different microphone, because the one that I was using doesn't work. Yeah, that was being so nasty to us. I don't know. I'm sorry. That's okay. Let's let's just pretend it never happened and be like, yeah. hello, Newsies. Hello, look Newsies. How we look. Hello, Newsies. I don't know why that happened. Alex, this thumbnail is incredible, first of all, as they always are. I look great. Well, um, yeah, we are we are babes. That's the we, thing about it. We are. You look like what I would imagine your dad looked like in the seventies. Oh, like this nice. looks like you're going through like a year. Honestly, honestly, not too far off. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely had the hair. That yep. was my dad. my dad had similar hair. Mm -hmm. Paul Elizabeth had very similar hair to that. I've seen yearbooks. Yeah, but my God, do we look good? Yeah. Um, hello, hello, newsies. Can you say the thing so that we we can feel like we're back on track? Hello, newsies from the bottom of a cave. Apparently, <laughs> I don't know why my my USB mic is all. I'm not. I'm not taking the time to fix it because it'll just make it worse. Um, I don't know why. It's like this does not recognize your. Ah, crap. All right, good. That's that's must be why it's not plugged in somewhere either over here or over here or whatever. But now. Hey, we got to do Babes in Toyland from the bottom of a cave, I guess. Um, it was yep, actually, I don't I don't, even, even I have not had a malfunction. It sounded like a, like when you're trying to get a chorus to match pitch, but the chorus was of robots. Oh, great. That's good. <laughs> oh, I'm, 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 I'm glad. You know what, I'm, Alex? It was almost like we all collectively bumped our heads and yeah. were transported to a different universe. Well, it's almost like that. Sounds. Mm -hmm. It's almost like that. Um, it's almost exactly like that. So, um, uh, Kate, um, this is uh, this one's my fault. Um, this one is uh, one that I found. Um, I don't know, maybe six months ago, and I was like, "This is a, this is a Christmassy type one. This is like a good transition from fall into Christmas one. It takes place at Christmas, at least the." Human times take place at Christmas, um, so so that's good. Um, and also, it is uh, very early on in the careers of Drew Barrymore um, and uh, and Keanu Reeves. So hold on, Drew Barrymore and Keanu Reeves, obviously us. Drew Barrymore and Keanu Reeves. Uh, that's that's who we are. That is you and me. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's great. Drew Barrymore, of course, known for wearing a flower crown at all times. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, listen, um, this is unquestionably the worst thing that Drew Barrymore has ever done until about three or four months ago or whenever it was that she started <laughs> to stab. Um, but but I, I think I think we need another crisscross applesauce tearful apology uh, Instagram video. I'm so retroactively sorry. about this. I didn't mean to offend you guys with babes in Toyland. Uh, <laughs> this 
this was a swing and a miss on my part and it was not <laughs> as magical as my other stuff. Uh, which is actually, spoiler alert, get this way out of here. This was terrible, even for me. Yeah, no. Wow. <laughs> of let's sign up for bad Christmas movies this yeah. year. Uh, yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, this was bad, but I had fun watching it. I didn't I didn't really have fun watching it. It was no. just not good. But I will say it is kind of funny that while this is not a good movie, it does feel very parallel to Drew Barrymore's real life in if you hear about the way she grew up and growing up way too fast, like if the takeaway from well, that, this movie, yeah, it is about that, I was like, oh, that's yeah. kind of dark. Like looking <laughs> looking back on yeah, it. Yeah, if you think about it that way, this is the best that childhood could turn out in the movie, and the worst it was her her thing. It's um, for her. I told Alex before we went on air, I was like, this could either be a five minute review or a three hour review. And it's mm. just how much detail we want to go into. Yeah. Um, nothing happens, but it's a very detailed nothing happening. <laughs> right. And it, but I, and I said to you that I found out some stuff about it that make it even uh, that make it uh, much more fun uh, to think about the, the, the way the movie was made. It was uh, it's a made for TV. It aired on December nineteenth, nineteen eighty six, on on uh, on NBC. Um, so this was a big, you know, that there were lots and lots of Christmas specials um, back in the day in the eighties. Every week there would be like four or five different uh, Christmas specials. Jesse Ozog, this is a remake. The original, it was originally an operetta from nineteen o three which was made into a film and, and short films and cartoons over and over and over and over and over again through the 20th century. And I think this is the last most recent adaptation. This, this one was like, you know what? Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> no one needs to do this one ever again. We'll never surpass perfection. So this is the last one. So, um, yeah. Um, the, the thing about this is that, um, I, Drew Barrymore was an established child star. Um, Keanu Reeves had not done anything yet. This was still two years away from Bill and Ted. What does like, he look like again? Hold on. He looks, um, he, he looks, uh, hold on. Like a young Keanu Reeves. I can't remember. Yeah. Like he looks, like he looks, pretty, yeah. he looks, he looks yeah. exactly like this, except for no glasses and, uh, no facial hair. But otherwise, exactly like this. Got it. Okay, I just, I just need the reference because he was so young and fresh faced, and uh -huh. I was like, "What did he yeah. look like again?" Also, eleven-year-old Drew Barrymore looks exactly like this. Yes, like um, mm -hmm. a, like if if the takeaway from this is that she was young and growing up uh -huh. too fast, uh -huh. in a sense, yeah. she yeah. looks like she has the face of someone in her mid thirties at about yeah. eleven years old. So, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's. <laughs> Story tracks. Um, so, so uh, it's a, it's made for TV. Uh, as such, the budget is not super high. Um, this was actually released theatrically in Europe after it was debuted on TV. So, like, people were paying money in the in Europe to go see this in the theaters, but the um, the version that was in the theaters uh, was cut down to a tidy 95 minutes. Uh, 
when it was broadcast on television the first time, the broadcast was three hours long. The original cut of the film was over two hours and 20 minutes. That was what they broadcast on TV. Um, the director's cut of the TV movie of Babes in Toyland. Now, um, the version that you and I saw, obviously, is the edited version, the 95-minute version that that is the only one you can stream anywhere except on YouTube where you can find the director's cut of Babes in Toyland, the two-hour and 20-minute version. Did you you watch that, too? So you know what I had to do, Kate? I had to love, I had to love myself enough that I did not do that. That's what I, I had to love myself enough that I said, no, I will not. It's a holiday miracle. (laughs) Because I, I, uh, I looked it up and apparently it's just incidental dialogue and some more musical numbers. Like there's nothing in there that would be like, oh, this would have made the movie better. So like, that's a lot of musical numbers and incidental dialogue. And I did not need to see any more of, yeah. You say that, but you watched the entire Leprechaun franchise. <laughs> I had to see how he got into space, Kate. And shame on you for not seeing how he got into space. Honestly, that is part of his journey, and you neglected it. I'm sorry I'm not a Leprechaun completionist, Alex. That's, 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 honestly, I, sometimes I can't even with you. Um... <laughs> But, uh, but I will this, say, but, as soon as you said there was a director's cut, I was like, it was more of just the stuff in the middle. There's no way it was like, oh man, we really left this scene on the cutting room floor. Like, yeah. no, that's not um, the um, the other thing that makes this much funnier to me is that the movie was shot in the dead of summer, like the outside stuff, the Toyland parts were set, were shot in the dead of summer. Just outside of Munich, Germany. So, what is, is that the why famous... it got a theatrical release in Europe? Because it I mean, like perhaps, nod? Okay. perhaps. But this is what makes it the funniest to me. The citizens of Toyland, and we'll probably discuss this in more detail. Oh yeah, are, are just people in terrible mascot costumes, and the fact that they were all extras. German extras in these mascot costumes who probably don't speak great English. So, like, during breaks, they're, like, taking off their weird duck head and going, was ist los? Like, they have no idea what's going on, and they're trying to figure out why why this child fell out of the sky. Like, they have no clue, because when you're an extra, you don't get the script. They tell you where to stand and basically how to act. You're scared of that thing run this way. And the fact that they're like all Germans who have no idea what's going on is so funny. That makes it so much better. I watched, I, I, I learned that detail. I learned that detail after I watched it in like four pieces over four days. And I was like, now I'm going to watch it the whole, the whole way through, um, knowing that these are all Germans and it's hilarious. Because like the the teddy bear that's the, like the constable of the town is always like, <laughs> and I just imagined that there was just a candid shot of him trying to figure out is it gonna rain today because it's really hot. Like it, he, like it's just a, just a, just a German man in a teddy bear costume with a badge pinned on it and a hat, and he's supposed to stand there in ninety degree weather 
Oh, I thought man. for sure you were going to say. I didn't watch the director's cut, but I did watch the pop-up videos version or something oh, like that, or like the commentary version, and they told us that. But no, you know that, that's incredible. No. So you said this was made for TV? Yeah. It's actually, it, it's a bad movie. Don't get me wrong. Right. But like thinking of, it feels like a movie movie. I'll, I can say that for it at least. Like it does. It doesn't feel like as bad as one of the Hallmark movies from like a like yeah, it's, it, it feels like a theatrical release that they would have you, put on. I mean, if you if you can tell the cameras were different that that filmed TV than than filmed uh, movies back in the day. It's it's there's no the, the the production quality, the lighting, everything is is very rudimentary. But um, uh, yeah, uh, it, the it is the fundamentally it's the story of uh, a, a girl, uh, preteen girl who is grew up too fast, who uh, conks her head while singing about her hometown, and um, which we'll, we'll get into. Oh. Um, but he, uh, but anyway, and then she, she, it's a, it's a Wizard of Oz story. It's almost a blatant ripoff of, of Wizard of Oz. Um, My notes just say Wizards of Oz even on even more drugs is like what yeah. I put as my first note. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's it, it, funny that you mentioned this, uh, Ryan. Kate's positive note: This movie feels like a movie. You'd be surprised at how many of the movies we review do not. So it's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, this this starts out. Um, um, uh, with with a girl talking about the Leprechaun franchise, and that felt yeah. like it was a home movie the whole time. So right. that's what, like, no. like the, the Leprechaun I watched, not the one that you watched. Right? Yeah. No. Yeah. That one. No. The the the, the unluckiest Leprechaun. Yes. Correct. Yeah. That felt starting like a home movie. The same movie. actor who played my Leprechaun because right. he was typecast throughout the nineties. Um. The so Drew Barrymore is um is Lisa. Uh, Lisa is the middle child of this family. Uh, who knows where the hell dad is? That is that it's, it's, there's a phenomenon in the eight, late seventies through the early nineties of dad's not there. Don't ask questions. We don't know where he is either. And, um, I, I don't know if this was like, um, a, a commentary on divorce constantly throughout all pop culture, but just like dad's not there. No, nobody, nobody mentions him. Uh, is he dead? Did he leave mom? I, I don't know. Not, he, I have no idea. Um, I can only assume he's a fan of things that rival Cincinnati, and we'll talk mm-hmm. about that in a second. But mm-hmm. my guess is he's a Steelers fan, and this didn't work out. Oh, that could be it. That could be it. Or a Browns fan. Uh, um uh maybe he lives in C L E V E uh A N D as Cleveland in Ohio. Okay. Um so uh her mom is played by the amazing Eileen Brennan, who is given nothing to do in this movie and knocks it out of the park. Um she's by far the best actress in this whole thing, and she's great. She probably remember people remember her from as Miss Peacock from the Clue movie. She's done a lot of stuff. She's she's great, she's very addled. Um the phone rings as as Lisa, this is how they prove to us that she's growing up too fast. She's reading a cookbook. That is how they prove to us that she's growing up so fast. She is. She's reading a cookbook, and then mom calls. Uh, mom is at a payphone. 
pay phones for these things. I'm not going to go into that. Um, so, um, uh, so she's like, uh, hello, dear. Yes, well, I'm, I, I'm stopped at a gas station in Midvale and I'm putting, ch- I'm having chains put on the car. And then there's a little boy in the, in the payphone with her in the, in the phone booth. And he's like, Mom, I'm hungry. I have to go get Joey some food, but I've got some more things to do in an hour. I, and it's all, I'll be home in about an hour. You'll be okay there without us? Uh, yes, Mom, I'll be fine. Dinner will be on the table when you get back, says, says Drew Barrymore. Um, uh, and, and so, um, yeah, so we, we, we've, we've now been introduced to Joey, the, the little kid, uh, her little brother, um, and her mom, who's got, who's, she's got a list of all these things. She always writes down stuff that she's got to do. Uh, so this is who her mom is. Very adult. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe she's a widow. I don't know. Um, we're not, we're not sure. Um, we don't know. They just, don't know. um, but, uh, also, um, Lisa has grown up and become like the caretaker of the family. Like a co, she's co-parenting with her mom, her little brother, and also her big sister, Mary. Who, uh, is very fashionable. You can tell by the ridiculous, like, shiny pleather, uh, rain snow jacket she wears and her huge, uh, oversized pink scarf. Uh, but she is going to her job. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, um, Lisa wanted a new blender for Christmas, but Mary lets it slip that she bought her a new sled. It's like, oh, a sled. I just thought you might like something fun this year, says her older brother, Mary, or older sister, Mary. And then she goes off. And so, you know, Lisa's just sitting there. Um, and uh, she is mixing something in a bowl for dinner while watching the news, as you do when you are 11. And the, the newsman comes on uh, and says, he says, um, uh, here at the 10 p.m. hour. Wait, wait. Ten? They didn't have to. That's a really weird. That's a really weird line of dialogue that they give these people because it does not set up the context for the rest of it. That her that dinner will be on the table when you get home with my five year old little brother at eleven p.m. is a is a very weird thing. And what do you have to do for an extra hour that you are out between ten and eleven? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Hi, honey. I just needed to stop by the bar because I'm drinking the memory of your father away. What? Where's dad? Where are other adults in the situation? Do you have friends? Where are grandparents? Where's any other adults? That this I, is not I, mommy had to stop by the liquor store to get a case of Smirnoff. <laughs> now, now, no, give your little, now give your little brother a bath and put him to bed while mommy drinks away the memory of your father. Um, yep. Um, anyway, so while she's watching this, the, the TV antenna falls off her roof because there's a blizzard going on outside. At the 10 p.m. hour, we're, we're telling you that this, the town of Cincinnati is going to be hit by this big blizzard. And so the, then the antenna falls off the roof and then the, fo- the phone, phone, telephone pole falls over. And so she can't call. So she, Get she goes out wearing a very long. I don't know how to describe this other than this Mormon style jean skirt, like very long, um, and a, and, a, and a parka, and she runs to where her 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 her, bleh, her sister Mary works um, in customer service at a five and dime, where she's being uh, hit on uh, by two people. 
One is welcome. That's Keanu Reeves uh, because Keanu Reeves. And the other is not because that's her boss played by Richard Mulligan, the sitcom actor from the eighties um, uh, doing a very funny uh, Bernie Sanders imitation that he doesn't know is a Bernie Sanders imitation. He's like, hello, sweet cheeks. How are you? I'm over here talking to you. Um, and uh, he's, but he hits on her in a very aggressive way. Like, um, um, he says, Hey, I hear you've been returning merchandise. You're turning the teddy bears. And, uh, and she goes, the merchandise was faulty. There was no refund. He ex- the, the, the customer exchanged it for something else. Like, listen, from where I'm standing, your merchandise certainly ain't faulty, if you know what I'm saying. Um, and so he's, he's a creep. Um, but but it still said, like, he looks like the sexual harassment training videos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, this is how not to behave in the workplace is just like this guy. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Lisa runs in and tells Mary and her boyfriend, Keanu Reeves, Jack, um, that there's a big blizzard coming. We should all, we should all go home. And Jack's like, my Jeep has four wheel drive. I'm going to take you both home. Um, but we, somebody's got to tell Barney she closed the store down. Um, well, good luck. You'd be, you'd be just as lucky. Telling King Kong he's got to leave the jungle. Nah, nah. And it's just like the dumbest dialogue. Um, Especially but, uh, like King Kong went to the city. Right. But he didn't want to. They had to, yes. they had to make him do it. Um, it wasn't like King Kong goes to the city. It was not, that was not part like of it. Like every other 80s, 90s movie we do out here. King Kong <laughs> in Manhattan. King Kong in space. <laughs> King Kong and the fish out of water story. Um, I watched that actually. <laughs> You mean I've got to pay for these bananas? <laughs> you know, it's just a different thing. King Kong um, on the subway? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. The people are weird here in, the, in New York City. Uh, is that a hooker in mid I saw a girl with pink hair. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. <laughs> um. So we're just pitching better movies this week. I was, right? I was just about to say this is the best thing to come out of Babes in yeah. Toyland is the idea yeah. that we just had that has nothing yeah. to do with everything. So anyway, um, we also meet Jack's friend, George, another worker at the store. Um, played by the Played by an actor with the unfortunate name of Googie Gress. I have no idea what Googie is short for. Uh, but that is his name. He's Googie Gress. He was in a lot of things in the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, still a working actor um, doing TV. But Googie is not Googie something I would, I would... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's <laughs> Guggenheim Gress. Call me Googs. Um, I was in Germany. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, they decide we're, we're going to cut out. We're basically leaving because the storm's coming. And Barney doesn't want anybody to leave. If you leave, you're fired. Like, you can take this job and shove it. And so they're very excited about not having gainful employment anymore. So they all pile. Oh, they give. Um, Mary gives Lisa, Drew Barrymore, her sled. It's a mountain master. Those are the best ones. And he doesn't have a Jeep. He has, crucially, a Suzuki sidekick which is the smallest all-terrain vehicle in the world. And everyone piles into it. Googie is a very big dude. Um, 
And so Jack is driving, Mary's sitting next to him, and somehow in the no seats, there's no second row of seats in the, in the Suzuki Psychic. It's just a little hatchback, but it's got, like, those uh, plastic flaps that, like, tie down in the back of a Jeep. And so she's sitting. No one, even the people who have seat belts, are not wearing them in this blizzard they're driving through at a very high rate of speed. A state um, of emergency. I can't yeah. accept it up. <laughs> Um, and, uh, but anyway, she's just sitting back there on, on the sled, like as a seat, just sitting there with her back against the back little flap window, which opens a few times as they're speeding through the city. But the most important thing, Kate, is that while they are speeding through the city, what city they're in? Cincinnati. How do we the, know that, Alex? Because they are singing about it. Uh, I come from... C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I, Cincinnati. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a long-ish song where everybody in the, in the car knows, um, that it is about Cincinnati. And at one point, it, uh, one of the verses it says, and when it comes to ball teams, the Reds and the Bengals mall teams, they outshine everybody on the green. Um, never happened. it's, no, uh, especially actually 86. No, no. Um, so it's very important that, uh, that this, I don't know if the, if the director or the writer of the script is from Cincinnati, but the writer of the song is from Great Britain. And as far as we know, never stepped foot in Cincinnati. Um, so the, yes, the, 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 the music and lyrics for the entire film are by a British woman. Um, I wish so. it was like they're the greatest mates and lads. <laughs> Just like, well, there's the point where say the the girls are pretty pretty in this very gritty city. The fellas are the feistiest I've seen. Um, if we don't have a Sean Rossap performance of that, we have we have failed you. But it's it it's a it's a lot about Cincinnati. There's a lot about Cincinnati throughout the entire film. I was like, did the tourism board of Cincinnati yes. pay for this or something? It I does feel so like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's uh it's it's a, a lot of Cincinnati tribute spots in yeah. this film that is mostly not taking place in the real world. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a the whole thing's a Cincinnati homage. It's just yeah. an homage. Um, and, yeah, I. Uh, I don't, I don't pretend to understand why it doesn't make sense. It, there's no reason that it has to be Cincinnati. No. Um, anyway, Ken Reeves is speeding through a, a driving crazy blizzard snowstorm in his little Suzuki sidekick, and a tree falls into the road. So he swerves to avoid it and fishtails. And the speed with which the, the back of the, of the Suzuki sidekick swings causes Drew Barrymore to fly backwards out of the out of the flapping little thing and she slides on her on her on her on her, on her sled on her butt backwards looking over her shoulder directly into a tree. Um that woman is dead. Uh little Lisa Piper never grew up, never got to see uh never got to have kids, uh, never got to see her little brother Joy grow up. Uh, prayers Lisa, up for, Lisa for the Piper. obviously dead Lisa Piper. 
This is like, remember when we did the terrible Lindsay Lohan movie and we were like, no, that person's dead. And I yeah, was no, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm concussed. Like, yeah. no, you There's, died. There was a, she was moving pretty fast on that sled with her head turned all the way around. Into a so, tree. Into a tree. So that like when the whiplash takes her, it's also with her head at this crazy angle. Like it's, so there's no way she doesn't break her neck. Not a chance. But instead, there's just like this little black hole special effects Ooh. graphic. Yep. <laughs> and then, and then she's flying over a very, a very idyllic little summer uh, clearing, uh, where a bunch of Germans in mascot costumes are waving at her as she's slowly flying into town on board of her sled, still wearing her parka. Alex, um, I'm, I'm, yeah, you know, I love rules in my wrestling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm also like a bit of a rule follower in life. I'll admit it. Uh-huh. I've never uh-huh. done a drug. Yeah, I I was wondering if I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. What on earth? Happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is this is Toyland. She went into Toyland. German mascots it, waving is a fantastic yeah. description because mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. There, I, there I, are. I bumped my head a couple times. I don't think I've ever been concussed, but that's not what happened to me. No, but like the but I listen die, so. in the Wizard of Oz. Um, the, the tornado blows a window out and the window frame hits Dorothy from about three or four feet. I'm sure it was, it was a, it was a shock, but it could, it could have knocked her out. The thing that happens to Lisa here kills most people. Yeah. Like, um, her into a tree at uh, an angle that is designed to snap your neck. (laughs) Right. Um, anyway, uh, but she's, Spoiler alert, she's not actually dead. This this is where she is going is not heaven. Um it is Toyland. Uh and uh, all of these heaven, mother- I thought heaven was Cincinnati based on this movie. But um bum bum um so uh the <laughs> she, she um there's some some there's like ducks and frogs and bears and squirrels uh and dogs and cats they're all furries it's it's a big weird mother goose themed german furry convention out in the woods that she has landed in and uh it would be even funnier to me if that's what it was and they all decided to make believe that it was toyland and she went along with it that would be a lot better movie <laughs> um so she lands inside in a giant wedding cake like her, 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 she's floating basically in slow motion, but then like gently comes down, but eventually lands on top of a giant wedding cake. And everyone's like, Oh no, that's Barnaby's wedding cake. He's going to be really, he's going to be really mad. Um, cause there, I would say 75% of the citizens are mascot costumes. And then a bunch of the mother ones are like, uh, like you know, just wearing little like very basic clown makeup with like a bit like a red circle over each cheek, and some some dramatic eyeliner. But that's about it. Um, the costume budget ran out, and they were like, mm, "Let's go to CVS and pick up." Fish yeah. Paint. Yes. Um, or just go to CVS and pick up face paints. Um, uh, so. <laughs> So she um, she immediately starts seeing everybody walking somewhere, and so she's like, "I'll just walk with them," and falls into line with a guy who is Googie, played by Googie, 
uh, played by George, but now he's Georgie Porgy. Um, Putting in pie, kissed the girls and made them cry. Um, a rhyme about sexual assault, which is always good. You want to teach about cool so things about fun. it's so fun. But he's the head cookie taster at the cookie factory, and he basically is the one who tells her about what's going on. This is Toyland. Um, it is run by an absentee ruler, the Toy Master, but also in the in this place is Barnaby Barnacle, who's just a really bad man, um, and. Uh, Mary, 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 quite contrary. How does your garden grow? She is, has to marry Barney. Barney Barnacle. Barnaby Barnacle. Uh, because he bought the mortgage to her mother's house and says that if she doesn't marry him, he'll throw the mallet on the street. And Mary's too much of a loving daughter to let that happen. So she's going to consign herself to a life of misery. And, and everyone's like, yes, this, this is the way it works. And I was like, why did the – here's the other thing about it. Barnaby Barnacle, everyone hates him and knows he's evil, but lets him get away with everything. No, there's no – like, there's a there's a whole police force of teddy bears in this town. They must – like, does he have them in his pocket? Barnaby Barnacle doesn't seem to be doing much of anything. Like, he's just – anyway. Um, so, Mary also, not very contrarian in this moment. No, um, no. This is more like Mary Mary just goes along with what she has to do. Uh, for her mother. So obviously, yeah, and and Mary is obviously Drew Barrymore's sister. It, it's a it's a Wizard of Oz takeoff. So that there's that. We see George is Georgie Porgy. Mary is Mary Mary Clay Contrary. Jack, Mary's boyfriend in the real world, is also Jack, Mary's boyfriend in Toyland. But he's now Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. Um, and then uh, the mom is Mary's mom, um, but she is Old Mother Hubbard. Uh, went to the cupboard to fetch a poor dog a bone. Um, uh, when she got there, the cupboard buried. Um, and but I don't know who Barnaby is. I don't know what the allegory for Barnaby is in the. Yeah. I like. I don't. Yeah. Bar- I think there was a. Barney is the is the evil manager of the store where Mary works in the real world. But I don't know what I don't if there's a Barnaby Barnacle nursery rhyme. I've yeah, never heard. It. Yeah. Maybe in Germany. <laughs> Barnaby Barnacle collected the body parts of little boys and girls and made them into a stew. I will force feed it to you if you do not go to bed on time. Like, it was one of those things. Like, they had a lot of crazy... You ever, you, uh, what's it called? Struffle Peter? No. Struffle Peter. Um, uh, is, uh, God, what is, is what does it mean? There's a, there was a fantastic, um, uh, show about it. it was, it was a weird, cool opera thing. Um, but it was all about using old German nursery rhymes. Um, I know they're was, dark as hell. I know they're that dark much. as hell. Like if if you get caught with your hand in the cookie jar, Struffle Peter will come and chop off your fingers with scissors in the night. Yeah, and you'll wake up with no fingers. That sounds like very in line. Like that kind of thing. We have this like notion that like yeah. nursery rhymes and fairy mm-hmm. tales are like mm-hmm. whimsical and happy. No. No. The German ones are mm-hmm. like to scare the hell out of you as a child. And to yes, that it's yes, that's what that's what this is. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so that what what we what we hear also is that you see that you see that house up on the hill, the bowling ball, and I was like, hold on, that house up on the hill, the bowling ball. <laughs> you could say yeah. you see that giant bowling ball up on the hill. He lives there. 
But you can't say, do you see that house up on the hill? It's a house ball. The bowling ball, it, it, like, uh, those things don't work out. But he also says, sometimes he's so mean and so bizarre. Sometimes he'll just roll his house down into the street and knock everybody over like there were nine pins. And I was like, wow, I can't wait to see that at the end of the movie. They never do it. They don't. There's no payoff. There's there's an old there's an old uh, an, an old aphorism uh, saying uh, in uh, the theater called Chekhov's gun. Anton Chekhov, the uh, the playwright uh, in the turn of the 20th century, um, uh, was very famous for saying, "If you show the audience a gun in the first act of the play, the gun must be fired by the end of the third act. You must." You, they are waiting for it to happen. You must do that for them. So everyone says Chekhov's gun. If you show them something and it's very, you point to it and say, here's a thing, and you talk about the thing it does, you've got to do that at the end. And so this is, this is Chekhov's bowling ball house. This is Chekhov's bowling ball house. And, and I'm very, I'm very upset that there was, that at any point it could have rolled into the city and they didn't do it. There was probably- an obvious time for them to even do it. It made sense yeah. thematically with the end of the thing, and they didn't do it anyway. Um, they were saving it for like the for Babes in Toyland three because it's yeah. going to be a trilogy. Yes, obviously going to be a trilogy. At the end, they'll go, "We'll be back, see you," like that. Um, so uh, instead, um, they we go we go to the wedding. Like she's just gonna stand there at the wedding, and Barnaby shows up, and uh, he he's he's got a very dramatic feather laden suit. He's got two like hunchback goons with him, Zach and Mac. They're they also when I think about this too, like they just got two brilliant German circus performers to play yeah. Zach and Mac because they were very very good at at, at physical nonverbal comedy, and all their stuff was this movement work was outstanding. Um, but this is only watchable because it's pretty, it's pretty well cast. Like, especially knowing now that it was a TV movie, that's actually more impressive. Like it is, it is not the only reason it's not completely like unbearably unwatchable is because it was cast really, really well. Like I I felt like everybody was good at it, but they were standouts for two peripheral characters of like what they did physically was really cool. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they're gonna go and, and be married, and they're getting married by Justice Grimm, I guess, in, as in Grimm's fairy tales. He looks like um, what would happen uh, if uh, if Abraham Lincoln uh, lived to the ripe old age of ninety and never shaved, never cut his beard, because it's just it's very big and white and bushy, no mustache, uh, and he's got a huge Mad Hatter sized black top hat. But he's the judge in the town, and he's going to preside over this thing. And so they do the whole betting ceremony, and Mary says, I do. I do take him. Um, and and so does, so does Barnaby. He's like, yes, I do. I do take her. And that's it. Like, I, I, I'm fairly certain if you both say the I do's, that's the deal. Like, it doesn't, yeah, like, does it have- delivered. That's that's creative that's it, language, right? yeah. Right, um, uh, because in Princess Bride, he says, um, "Did you say I do?" If you didn't say the words, you didn't do it. Um, but she did, and so did he. The only thing that didn't happen was the justice, was the justice of the, of the peace, saying, "I now pronounce you man and wife." That's it, because that gets interrupted 
by Lisa says, no, she can't marry him. She doesn't love him. She loves Jack, Georgie's friend. I've been here for two minutes, and I've told everybody what's going on in the plot. Um, and Old Mother Hubbard... Get to it quickly, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, Old Mother Hubbard is like, you're a little, little girl, st- stop it. My my, The mortgage on, on my shoe is... She lives in the little old woman who lived in a shoe. She was a woman uh, who lives in a shoe. Right. She had she had so many uh, children. She didn't know what to do, so she had to move into a pair of boots, and she sold the shoe to my old mother Hubbard. That's maybe that. think about that before you have so many children. You end up yeah. living in footwear. Mm-hmm. It's true. Honestly, you're living just, in a bowling ball or a listen, shoe. This isn't a magical toy land. You did something wrong in your life. I mean, live in a house. I don't know. Maybe you could get your fairy tale tubes tied. I don't know, but like it's just, it's just. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe just think about it. Maybe okay. So, um, uh, basically, like, hey, who are you? I don't like you. Um, <laughs> basically, is what is what Barnaby says, and then like, like a, a very Jack, accurate summation of that. Jack runs in. And grabs Mary and, and is holding her, and the wedding, I guess, is off because a little girl who's not from here, who nobody's ever seen before, said she can't marry him. She loves him, and everyone's like, "Yeah, I mean, that's ironclad reasoning." I guess the wedding's off, including the dude who's also getting married, who already said I do, and the other person already said I do. But anyway, he's like, "All right, well then, I'm going to leave now and come up with a plot to ruin everybody's day." Um, I say everybody's day because uh, at one point they say um, uh, Drew Barrymore says to Mary, man, I there's so many fun things to do here. The only thing that would be a problem is finding enough hours in the day. And then Mary says, oh, that's not a problem. It's always daylight here. And I was like, everyone's been driven mad. That's what it is. Because like, there are a lot of cases of, the, uh, of living above the Arctic Circle. If you haven't your entire life, there's that one month where the sun never sets, never sets and people who like have to spend time up there go crazy because they cannot process their internal clock, cannot do it. So that's what's happened. Everyone has just found themselves here, but then the, it never gets nighttime. And so everyone's just gone crazy and puts on funny, funny costumes. That's what it is. That's, I that's live in a bowling ball now. Like, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Um, we also find out from, from Georgie Porgy that, uh, the the forest of night is just outside of but nobody can leave because the forest of night is out there and every uh, there's a bunch of trolls out there and they'll eat you. Um, so you just have to stay here, which is fine because there's free cookies for everybody and and toys to play with and it's always daytime. We can always just have fun. Um, it's true. Also, imagine being named Googie and you're like, oh, I get to be someone named George, and they're like, actually, you're Georgie Porgy. Like that's mm. the rough. Yeah, but yes. There are trolls that um, will eat you because of course. Um but then Georgie Porgy after 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 Barnaby's like, All right, oh, is it who are you? I'm Lisa Piper from Cincinnati. Cincy Wutsky. And he calls her Cincy Wutsky for the rest of the time. Uh there's no sk in that name. If he called her Cincy Wuddy, I'd be fine. Cincy Wutsky is doesn't doesn't like I don't just is does she does he under the pr- pr- impression that she's Polish? Maybe I don't. I don't know. Anyway, did you um, say Cincinnati? Yeah, he didn't say that. No, no. Um, Cincinnati. So he says, "I'm going to get you, Lisa, Lisa Cincinnati." 
uh, you, you just wait. And so then he leaves and everyone's like, hey, great, he left. All of our problems are solved because the bad man has left for five minutes. Let's do a musical number called Let's Hear It For Lisa. She's the girl of the week, the girl of the month, no more than a month, the whole year. Let's hear it for Lisa. And then they just do a big dance. She'd be the guy leave for five minutes. She's the (laughs) hero of the town. She's the girl of the whole year because Barnaby left for five minutes. Because she objected after vows were exchanged. Lisa, I know you're young. I apologize. Overrated. Sorry. Girl of the day, I'll accept. Girl of the week is a stretch. Girl of the day is great. Girl of the month, I'm sorry. And girl of the year, Pshaw. Ridiculous. Okay, so... um He's voting for this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to know. Um, is this the, like, Babes in Toyland 500? Like, yeah. what is... <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> Who is ranking her mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the year? Of the year. <sighs> um, She's been here for five minutes, people. Um, yeah, so... Prove her worth first. Honestly. Uh, who'd she ever be? Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so, so what do we, what do we got here is, um, literally uh, all we know about her is she's from Cincinnati. Let's that's all we know. Down. Literally what it. did Cincinnati ever, what did Ohio ever give us? I don't know. Um, we, uh, we, we hear now that, Barnaby is Jack's uncle. Jack's father died. Apparently death is possible in, in Toyland. I don't know. No, nobody seems infirm or like they, I don't know. But Jack's father died. And um, and Jack has to be married before he can uh, take up ownership of the cookie factory. If he's not standing on the steps, they create a false ticking clock for this movie. If he's not standing on the steps of City Hall, married by noon next Wednesday, then the the ownership of the cookie factory transfers directly to the next heir, which is Barnaby, um, the, the 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 former the former owner's brother. The movie does not take place over a week. The movie takes place over maybe thirty six hours, so it's a completely false ticking clock. That they've set up for no reason. Um, this is not one of those grease things where it seems like it takes place over two weeks, but it's actually nine months. This movie cannot possibly take place over over less over more than thirty six hours. Um, there's not pe- people are not doing enough things in between. There's no there's no setup and sundown, so we can't like measure it by that. But still. Um, Remember so when anyway, you got to the end of the Grease review and you realized it took place over an entire school year? I lost my mind. I've yeah, very, like only that. recently gotten it back. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so Barnaby's big plan is for everybody to blame Jack and, and put him in jail and therefore he can't get married and he can't become heir. He wants to become the owner of the cookie factory so I guess he can shut it down which makes everybody angry and he's going to own Toyland, and and he's going to take over the world. Remember when Joe Gacy tried? What thought he was going to take over the world by becoming NXT champion? Yeah. This is only slightly less sensical. Like, um, this the idea I'm going to take over 
the world by by taking over Toyland, um, by by becoming the owner of the cookie factory. (laughs) It's I don't know. Um, But the way might be currency in Toyland. We don't really know. People are living um, in bowling balls. The way he's he's got the idea to do this is he shows up while people are making cookies on the cookie floor uh, with the factory, and he says, "All right, everybody, cookie break." And everyone celebrates and runs away. And goes and then goes leaves to go eat cookies when all the cookies are in the whatever. They leave and and so he and Mac and Zach steal all the cookies. They open a trap door in the cookie storage room, which leads somewhere. We'll talk about it. And they're just throwing boxes of cookies and cakes and stuff into the into the trap door. And this is how he's going to blame everybody. So he, he calls the police and says there's been a cookie thief thieving. Um, and the judge comes and uh, Jack comes in and uh, and like, what, where, how are all the cookies? I don't know. Somebody must have stolen them. Oh, it's terrible, says Barnaby. And if you're, if you're people like, when, I mean, obviously you do it. You're the only evil person in this town. Everybody else is good and loves cookies, nobody else would do this. It's got to be you. This this movie, the the cast, everyone in Toyland is the dumbest referee in the history of wrestling. (laughs) It's just like, uh, well, there's a guy laying there, and uh, he he was conscious a second ago, but I turned my back. You were the only two guys in the ring. Are you holding brass knuckles? Like, it's honestly, it's just that. Everyone treats Barnaby. Like that, and um, and so the workers of Toyland are dumb, is what the scene tells us. Yeah, um, so they decide to arrest Jack. Now, they arrest Jack uh, because he is, as the guy in charge of the factory. Even though he's not in charge of the factory, like he isn't charged the factory, but he doesn't own the factory. Nobody owns the factory because the dad's dad and the brother is the uncle. Well, anyway, but they don't think he stole it. But he allowed the cookies to be stolen on his watch, and it's just, just as though work. I don't know, man. So they take him to the jail, right? And they could have said, "All right, now we're going to take three or four days to come up with our big idea to how to get Jack out of jail, so that it moves the timeline along, so they could have this ticking clock." They could have easily said, "If he's not standing on the steps." Of City Hall married by tomorrow at noon, but they said next week. They said next Wednesday. If they just said tomorrow, the whole the whole storyline, the whole timeline oh, would have worked. Um, they they go in to the justice chambers and um, they argue that Jack should be released. But Justice Grimm says, "My hands are tied. I can't do anything about it. I'm sorry." And and Lisa's like. Well, come over here for a second. May I approach the bench, Your Honor? Come over here for a second so I can tell you all about my home planet of Cincinnati. <laughs> and she's like, Cincinnati is a wonderful city in the ta- in the state of Ohio. And then Georgie sneaks over and grabs the keys and goes over and he and Mary unlock the, the cell that Jack is in. Um, and then they sneak out behind the back of Justice Grimm. Again, a very dumb referee but he and he says and then uh he hit the ball 
4,192 times, and he became the king of Cincinnati, and everyone lo will love Pete Rose forever. This was made in 1986. Um, <laughs> Poor little Lisa did not know he would not even be in the Hall of Fame. They did a whole thing about how he's the king of Cincinnati and the all-time hit king, and everyone will love Pete Rose forever. They did that, and then three years, three years later, now nah, we're nah, mm, nah, nah. that on your own team, Pally Pal. Uh, no. Pretty great. <laughs> Pretty great that Batman can even get into the Hall of Fame and he's the all-time hit leader. Um, uh, the judge is dumb and justice mm -hmm. is weird in Toyland. You yeah. are guilty by mere association. Yeah, I don't understand how justice works. Yeah. But maybe if you think someone's guilty of a crime, secure your jail cells a little better than, hee hee hee, right. we took the keys. Yeah. So, um... So... The Rose distraction play works out Yeah. Yeah, and the judge is like, what an amazing planet. What an amazing king of Cincinnati. Um, and then he realizes the keys are gone, and he goes to look for Jack, and the Jack is out of the cell. So he goes into the cell, and Drew Barrymore locks him in the cell and throws the keys away. Uh, and then they just go and they visit the Toy Master, because Toy Master is nice. He never comes out of his, his, uh, his toy place. Like, like, he must be a very good guy. Would Santa Claus trust him to make all the toys for all the girls in the world if he wasn't? All the boys and girls in the world if he wasn't? So wait, Santa Claus is outsourcing the toy making now? To one guy? I mean, Toyland would be the best place for it, but like, I don't... Source and, materials got really expensive at the North listen, Pole. Listen. Inflation in the 80s. I, I don't want to have to be the one to say it, but Santa Claus outsourcing all the toy making to one factory and that toy maker is Asian. It just, I mean, I, I don't want to say, but it just feels a little like too on the nose, you know, all those sweatshops. I just don't, I just don't think it's a good, I don't, I don't know. I don't like it. Um, and also, I mean, all of the toys to one guy, like, right. are you, how deep in the pockets are you? Right. Is what so I like, mean. what does Santa Claus do all year? He works one day a year, and he's outsourced all the toy. Santa Claus is the first ever billionaire CEO. It's true. What a jeez! What a jerk! Um, but the toy makers played by Pat Morita, who uh, that year also played, um, I believe it was that year, sometime around then, played Mr. Miyagi in The Karate Kid, um, and went directly into making this range. Um, bro. Range. Um, he's a, uh, and he's a, a pure force of good. And he shows every, he's like, everyone, um, you, uh, um, everyone, everyone is, has good and evil within them. Come, come, let me show you this. It's a good thing that Barnaby, Barnaby has a little, uh, well, what he actually has is a child in a costume, but it's a, he's a trollog. It's a little little bird, little flightless penguin with a giant cyclops eye. And if he looks into the cyclops eye, he can see what's happening anywhere else. Like, here, come here, my trollog, and I'm going to look in your eye. And he sees uh, Pat Morita, toy maker, go and is like, I've been collecting all of the evil in the world and distilling it and putting it in this bottle. Boy, if Barnaby knew it was here and he got a hold of it, things would be bad. 
Good thing he doesn't know I have this. Good thing there was no reason for me to show this to you at all. I'll put this back, and I'll everybody can the camera see where I'm putting this? Okay, good. Um, and uh, it's like I'm going to break into that place and steal all the evil in the world, and then I'll be all powerful. Um, so, uh, oh. Georgie Porgy starts eating cookies. Like, where'd you get the cookies from? Oh, I found it. It was on the floor of the cookie shop. It must have been one of the... I took it as evidence, but you're eating the evidence. Like, but it is evidence. Show me exactly where you found the cookie, Georgie. Then we'll know where they stole it, how they got the t- cookies out of the factory. So he shows it. It was right there. Oh, wow. Look. Let's, let's look everywhere. There must be a trap door somewhere. And so uh, Keanu Reeves is jumping up and down on the trap door. Um, and... Uh, um, and then Zach and Mac are standing in the rafters and they throw a switch and he falls down the trap door and down the trap door, he lands and immediately is, is in some kind of like shoot, like a little, like a, like a covered slide thing. And he slides down directly into a jail cell, uh, where, where we can see, um, Barnaby there. Um, and Barnaby's like, my, that's my first part of the plan. I'm going to kidnap all of your friends too. And then I'm going to take over Toneland. I'm going to own it. I don't know what he wants to have. Um, uh, but he does a, he does a really Richard Mulligan is not a good singer. Um, this song they gave him is not, is not a good singer. <laughs> not a no, no, no. He does some good comedy stuff in here, but not a not a strong not a strong singer. Um, now, before we move on, Jesse Ozog raises a good point that I I just want to bring up, which is that of all the people that are going into jail, maybe it is safe to himself because he's probably not paying his taxes, and I think this is all a tax evasion scheme from Santa. Mm-hmm. Uh, he put off this toy making as a completely different LLC mm-hmm. so that he could mark the North Pole as a nonprofit, mm-hmm. which is just a dirty gaming of the system. Mm-hmm. But of anybody that should be in all these jail cells, mm-hmm. probably Santa. I don't really care right. about the cookie factory right now. We've got bigger fish to fry. Right. But so um Yeah, Richard Mulligan can't sing. Richard Mulligan can't sing, but he <laughs> sings about his his monster piece, which is that he's going to um turn all of the citizens of Toyland into more trolls and then take over the world with his army of used to be stuffed animals, but now trolls. Um, and so that's what he tells Akina Reeves is going to do. But um, um, first Mary and, um, and, and Lisa and Georgie are going to look for him all over the Toyland. They do so by driving around go-karts. It is Toyland's not a very big place. There's like four buildings in all of Toyland, and they're just driving around in a circle trying to find Jack. Seems um, kind of just like it might just be Reykjavik. Like the sun never sets. Mm, it's like yeah. four buildings. It's very like whimsical mm-hmm. and out of the box. Mm-hmm. Like I think it yeah. might just be Iceland. Yeah, uh, it is. It's um oh um it's a little amusement park outside of music called Fantasyland, and it's um so uh. Mary says, well, no one's checked inside Barnaby's giant um, bowling ball house. So I'm going to go and do that. And so she walks inside and says, she leans out one of the bowling ball holes to say to Mary and Georgie, he's not here. And then she slides out of the window and she slides down a chute. And now she's 
a different shoot has led her into the same cell with um um with with Jack. So at least they're reunited. But Mr. Mulligan Barnaby's like, now all I got to do is 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 get that little Cincy Watsky and her fat friend. And like that was just not necessary. No body shame here. Um, and then uh, and then I'll have everybody, and then I'll be able to turn everybody into trolls. So um, they uh, they go to. Um, it's still not clear on why we're turning people into trolls. Like can't you just, just easily easily controlled. I don't know. Con well, like these are the ah uh? ah. Uh-huh. Like you don't have to turn them into trolls. These are the same idiots who you're like cookie break. You yeah. Know what I mean? like, no, no, no. I know. Like an unnecessary step in the process. I know. So, um, uh, the they go and they visit the toy master again, um, and this is where um, Barnaby breaks in, um, and they take them all prisoner, and he steals. He goes and he goes to the to the cabinet, and like, so much like, how did you know that was there? Because <laughs> you showed it to the camera. Um, you know it was right here, where I yeah. displayed it like a Price is Right model. Oh, he also, the, the Toy Master also shows, earlier he shows, he's got a closet full of life-size toy soldiers. Like, yes. no children want toy soldiers anymore. It's appalling. So I just leave them here. Maybe someday someone will want them. It's important that you know they are here, because it's a major deal at the end of the movie, but we won't talk about that now. Um, so, but the volleyball and pins won't be right. Right, no, no. So the um, they take the the thing of the steel evil. They leave them tied up, and with the trollogue to guard them. And um, they uh, they break out of their ropes. I don't know how they get out of the ropes. Very easy, but poor Zach and Mac not very good at tying uh, tying people to chairs. But then to escape the trollogue. They spray paint his eyeball, which feels he doesn't ha- he doesn't have any he doesn't have a lid he cannot close he cannot close a lid over his eyeball so they spray paint it so he can't see it and then they they trick him into going into a trunk and they shut the lid and according to the movie the way that um, Richard Mulligan talks about it the trollog is dead now like you 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 destroyed my trollog. You, he's he's gone forever, and he says to Drew to Drew Barrymore, "You will be my new trologue." Is what he says later. He's gonna make her into his new trologue. Anyway, um, but they decide really got to him. They decide off. that the only place that he could be hiding, um, uh, uh, Jack and and Mary is in the forest of night, or as they shoot it, the forest of five thirty p.m. Because it's slightly dusk in the forest, um, but all the trolls are in there. So Jack. So anyway, Lisa and Georgie go in there with baseball bats, and immediately, like they're they're forty five feet into the forest and fall into a, a, a trap, like a little a little uh, uh, you know snare trap thing. They fall into a pit, and then they they go down the thing, and then they slide down to the bottom, and now they're there. And then we can have all right. Well, now I'm going to make everybody turn into trolls. Here's how we're gonna do it. Um, uh, mind the gap, man. Keep an yeah. eye out when you're in. I don't know if I'm no. in a mystical forest. Maybe I'm looking yeah. four feet in front of me. Maybe, maybe watch your step. Yes. Yeah. Just, just not, I don't mean to. I don't mean to victim shame. 
Maybe watch your step. Okay, so um, think about what you're wearing when you enter the forest at night. Anyway, so um, the uh, so he opens up this thing of distilled evil and just lets the, 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 the like a green gas comes out of it, and then he leaves the room so he can wait for the gas to take effect, but he doesn't actually watch what's happening because he's a dumb idiot. So everybody's everybody else in this movie. So this is what happens, Kate. The the evil gas starts to take over and starts to transform the minds and soon the bodies of her friends, Jack, Mary, and Georgie. But it doesn't seem to have an effect on Lisa. And Lisa says, the gas is having no effect on me. I guess that must mean, that must be because I'm from Cincinnati. The only logical conclusion that could be drawn. Not because I'm not from Toyland or because I'm from Earth, but because I'm from Cincinnati. And then she goes, Cincinnati? That gives me a great idea. So she starts singing the Cincinnati song. And I was like, oh, so she's going to wake them out of their curse by reminding them that they are also... Did the, did the other did the car they were in crash after she fell out of the car and they are also all like lying unconscious by the side of the road and they also all got brought here and she's going to remember them remind them that they are not these people no no they are Jack B Nimble Georgie Porridge Porgie and Mary Mary quite contrary but they also know all the words to the very famous Cincinnati song. And they st- and and they gradually all come out of the trance of evil, brought out by all singing along to the Cincinnati song that we all know and love, even if we're from a different planet. This movie wants us to believe, and I cannot stress this enough, that the antidote to evil gas, yeah, is you're well, you're impervious to it if you're from Cincinnati, yeah. You can undo the curse of the evil gas if you know the Cincinnati song, which people just know here in Toyland. I was very confused by this really entire movie, but uh, this this part in particular. Why do why did they know it? Like, why does Georgie Porgy know the Cincinnati song, Alex? I, I don't know. I, I have questions. I don't know. And it's also not... Um, what's weird is it feels... Like, if they were like, oh, it's because I'm American, you would be like, this is wildly nationalistic and weird. But it's not, because it's just Cincinnati. <laughs> just Cincinnati. Yep. Yeah. But it's not like it's not like we came in and sang the Star Spangled Banner. Like nobody knows the Cincinnati song. And not only do they not turn into trolls, the cloud of poison gas dissipates and flies away. The power of the goodness of Cincinnati counteracts the evil in the in the poison gas. Yeah, Cincinnati is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes. the only way out of it's actually no. I believe it's I believe it's the the father, the sin, and the Cincinnati. I believe that's what it is. 
Um, the sin and the Cincinnati. Uh-huh. Um, um <laughs> this is exactly what it is. Um uh, okay. The O and the H and the I O. Um so I uh, uh yes, and so their big deal is now they are going to trick Barnaby Barnacle, who comes back in, and they're they're all walking around like this, as though they are trolls. But I thought they were supposed to like transform physically, and he says you're going to look like all of them, and they haven't. It's like, ah, look, you're trolls now. But they're not. They haven't transformed into these people, so they're obviously faking it. Including Drew Barrymore going like, ah, we're trolls now, master. We will obey your every command. As she looks over at Georgie Porgy and smiles. Like, not smiles like the act. The, no, no, no. Not smiles like the character is smiling. Like, looks over at Georgie Porgy and, like, starts to corpse a little bit because Googie Grass is doing a really good job of being it. And because she's an 11-year-old kid and she thinks it's funny and she thinks this is kind of silly. We're all pretending to be trolls. Um, and But it's they left it in because whatever. Um, so he opens the door, and they all run out, and Jack punches his uncle in the face, and they run away, and they get chased by the trolls who move very slow. But they're running through this whole thing, and they have to swing across a chasm with a vine, and they get to the thing, and they find a ladder. And they, they climb the ladder, and Jack goes up first and opens the trap door. It is the same trap door he fell through that led directly to a slide. So either the trap door goes to a slide or it goes to a ladder. It can't be both. Pick one. Or have him come out of a different trap door somewhere in the factory. That's all i got to say. How do you consider that maybe in the presence of the great Cincinnatians? Yes. It changes a little bit. I, I can't stress enough, like, evil gas impervious to people from Cincinnati. Right. Countered. Entirely yeah. by the Cincinnati song, and just like a good old punch to the face, and they're free. Yeah. <laughs> just no dramatic one, one, no one good left cross to the jaw from 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 Jack to his uncle Barnaby, and they're free. <laughs> I was just like, "What? Like this is this is um, a very pivotal scene in this movie." And it's like, "I'm from Cincinnati. We know the Cincinnati song." Yeah. One one good sock to the jaw, right. and, and we're, so, we're so, out of this. So Jack climbs out, followed by Mary and Lisa, but poor Georgie, he went to the Money in the Bank School of Climbing Ladders. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> he actually gets three steps up and then falls down two steps. I'm like, oh, man, this is this is bad. Um, and uh, he he finally gets up there. And they they put a table and some other detritus, a big barrel or whatever, over the over the trap door. So that's gonna it's gonna hold back the trolls for a little while. But um, they uh, they run out of the thing and they are they're just driving the. We gotta go get the toy master, and they just get in the in the in the go karts and drive around the city for a while. Um, and meanwhile, Barnaby and his, and his buddies are up in the bowling ball and they're looking through binoculars from the bowling ball holes. And they, then they just leave the bowling ball thing, go and they get into their own go-karts and start chasing them around the city. 
They were in the bowling ball. They're looking through the binoculars. And then Barnaby should say, Zach, Mac. And then they push the thing and it rolls through. And it, they the could crush the town, knocks over some people, but they're able to get around it and zoom around. But the bowling ball just keeps rolling around the town like the go-karts do. And eventually, if you get the, the bad guys behind the wheel of their go-karts, they can be hit by their own bowling ball house. Hoisted by their own bowling ball house. Like it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an age old, uh, story. Um, they, they go. So. You know what they they, owed us is as they're driving around the city in these go-karts. Right. Like they should have been like, we don't have that in Cincinnati. Mm. We do have that in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Like she should have just been. There's such a Cincinnati focus. Like, if they're mm-hmm. just going to be driving around the city, mm-hmm. if they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They always said. Um, the, they go to see the Toy Master. He's like, Can't you, can you help us? I cannot do anything. I have only toys here. Koi's cannot help us do anything. Is what he says. He's like, oh, great. So I have a non-compete in my contract with Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> and... and <laughs> Um, and then it's like, um, and because not as long as there is one person in this room who does not believe some, there was someone here who was never a child. Um, now this is the thing also, she says a few times to the thing, it's like, I'm not a child. I'm 11 years old. I'm not a child. I'm not a child. And so Georgie's like, it must be you, Lisa. You're always saying that you're not a child. Like, I guess you're right. I guess I never have been a child. Um, but unless you believe, um, and it says, and then it becomes the toy master's number. Can I stress this enough? The master of evil is going to just let loose his army of trolls on the town and eat everyone. But it is very important that Pat Morita, AKA Mr. Miyagi in a terrible beard, fake beard, sing a song about living through the eyes of a child. It's a very long song. Does not need to be sung at this point, but Drew Barrymore looks at him like, yeah, you're right. In After his he, defense, the last time they were singing a song in this movie, it completely undid the forces of evil. That is true. Yeah. Granted, this is not that song. No. But it, song. it does show us that out of yeah. place, musical numbers do do combat evil. In right. He says, um, if you could just see through the eyes of a child, then you would be nice and very mild. I don't know what he sings. Um, but eventually she's like, I do believe, I do believe, I believe in everything. And then she runs over to the closets. There are three closets that house life-size toy soldiers. It's like, toy soldiers, I do believe in you. One's over another. Don't you see? I do believe. Toy soldiers, I believe in you as well. And it's just, this is where they started, like, I swear to God. It was as though they traveled through time and decided to then, like, go to now and write all of Drew Barrymore's dialogue for the rest of the film from AI and then come back to 1986 and make the movie. Because it's the, – the, what when I tell you the last line of the film, written as, as the Drew Barrymore has, like, this – that was written by a computer, a bad computer, 1986 computer. Um, so, um, so the toy soldiers come out. And they're all alive, and they're walking with their rifles. And Pat Morita l- leads them out into the into the town square, where they all line up like British redcoats 
with half of them kneeling and half of them standing and just open fire on the trolls, just shooting them with guns and cannons because that is because how you wage war in Toyland is how you wage war in in 1910 in America. And I, I, I wonder if there could have been something different, but there isn't. It's they just, they just shoot the trolls with guns. Kind of tell you that the trolls are formerly people that got turned into it. So I thought the toy soldiers were going to do something that like reverted them back to being little kids or something like, yeah. This is the and, second and week like in a the, row the, where I'm like, shit got dark all of a sudden. The, 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 like the, the actor will like take off the weird green shroud thing that the trolls wear, and underneath it's like a, a, a German in a squirrel costume. It's like, oh, hey, it's kind of cool. I'm like, maybe give the Cincinnati song another try to see yeah, if maybe. it'll undo it, yeah. The, yeah. the troll spell. But... Like, get, a, get a giant like uh, amplifier. And play like get some a karaoke machine. You could all sing the Cincinnati song, but then broadcast it over oh, the entire town. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, but no, they just they use guns to shoot them until they get backed up into the forest. And Barnaby and and the Zach and Mac as well. They they get they throw like rotten tomatoes at them. Whatever they they the. the the battle takes a long time, but like it's never in doubt. No, and they 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 push it's a squash, and they 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 push them all back, and they're at the at the band like uh, like I'll be back and I'll take over this town. Don't you worry, uh, Barnaby Barnacle says the, the 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 toy master. You never learn. You are hereby banished. Why why didn't you do that a little earlier in the movie? It would have saved us a lot of trouble, and also a lot of bullet wounds in the trolls. Like I, I it's just weird that um, you can just you can just, just banish him at any time because you say so. Why didn't you do that before? I don't know. Weird. Um, but he he gets banished. But now he, to a gunfight, as I always yeah. Say. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't control the trolls anymore. So. They they attack him once he gets pushed into the forest, and then they shut the gates, and the trolls take him into the thing. So I guess he's been eaten by trolls. It's a troll data, if you will. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Um, so then they have a, a the wedding of Jack and and Mary, and I guess that means it's Wednesday. I don't know. Um, and so now he's the he's everything's good now. The toy maker's there. Uh, old Mother Hubbard hits on Justice Grimm. And he's like, yes, I'm totally, I'm totally DTF. And she's like, that's awesome. And actually she goes, I would love it if you came over to my house for dinner sometime. And, uh, and, and he's like, I would like that very much. She goes, okay, nice. (laughs) Oh, I I react to 69 jokes. (laughs) Eileen Brennan being like, okay, nice. And I was like, where did that come from? In 1986, she, she Alex invented coverage of this, but she, she invented saying nice like that. No one had said nice like that before 1986. Everyone saw that and was like, that's how in 30 years from now, that's how I'm going to react to people saying 69. Nice. nice. 
anyway, um, so uh, Santa Claus, and I'll tell. Uh, well, uh, don't give it away because the movie wants very much for everybody to be surprised by this. But Santa Claus drives his sleigh full of toys, being pulled by plywood reindeer into the village square. And Lisa says goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, Mother Hubbard. Goodbye, Justice Grimm. Goodbye, uh, Jack. Goodbye, Mary. Goodbye, Georgie. I guess I'll miss you most of all. She doesn't actually say that, but that's absolutely what she says. She says it. Um, and then she gets on the things like, oh, but wait, I have to say goodbye to the Toy Master. And the Toy Master turns around. He's dressed up as Santa. And he says, but you won't say goodbye to me. I'm going to take you home. Oh, great. And so she rides Santa's sleigh off into the distance being driven by the Toy Master dressed up as Santa. So my question is this. Was the Toy Master Santa all along? Is it like a double agent thing where like his secret identity is the Toy Master, but he's actually Santa Claus? Or is like he bringing the toys in Santa's sleigh to Santa so Santa can deliver the toys? What is what is up with all of all of this? I mean, to go with our outsourcing theory, because I like that we've turned Santa into mm-hmm. a corporate billionaire, yeah. I think he's yeah. bringing the toys to Santa. And Santa's not even going to invoice about it for like another 90 days. It's going to be mm-hmm. terrible. Um, but I think they want you to believe at this point in the movie that the toy maker was Santa the whole time. Which is... Because odd. he makes the little girl believe, right? So right, that like, I guess. tells you it was Santa, I think. I mean, but she never says Santa later when she talks about the toy master. It's weird. Um, okay. So she... So... She... she fly, there's, the, there's the one shot where it's like, oh, it's the night sky, how beautiful. And then the the obviously superimposed sled being pulled by by three sets of two plywood reindeer. They just do this. And and their 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 legs don't move. Like not nothing. It's just They're floating. They're just floating across the stream. It's pretty great. But I guess he takes her home um because she wakes up on the couch. Not in a hospital bed. On the couch. Now, in the Wizard of Oz, I'll accept it because the closest house to their uh, hospital to their farm would have been probably a 12-day ride by horse and buggy. But this is 1986. You're in Cincinnati. Obviously, you're in Cincinnati. They have hospitals there. So, so That should have been in the Cincinnati song. Like, we've got the 17th-rate hospital in the nation or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Our hospitals are best in Ohio. Okay, um, so uh, so then Eileen Brennan is there. It's like, hello, sweetheart. We were so worried about you. You've been unconscious for several hours. You probably have a horrible concussion and certainly major brain damage. That is not what she says, but that is what she should say. Because if you if you get knocked unconscious, you need to go to a hospital because you have brain damage. Like, that is a problem. That the, In movies, when people get knocked out and they wake up and they're fine, that is not how it works in the real no. world. Any any, neuros, any neurologist would be like, seriously, no, that's not okay. No, like, if you, get if, to like, a hospital. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. need to do tests. Do not let them fall asleep. Whatever you do, do not let them fall that's asleep. True. The one thing they tell you to not let happen happens in every one of these movies. Yeah. Yes. 
But she wakes up and she's like, oh, mother, it was so it was I'm so happy to be back. Uh, You were there and you were there and you were there. And Barnaby was there, too. And Barney from the Five and Dime, he was there, too. And he was the worst of all. Oh, oh, I'm sure he was, sweetheart. Yes, he was. You have, yeah. So you just treats him like a treats like a, just a, she's three. Just oh, mom, the tree is so beautiful. And also not like oh, she's speaking nonsensically. I should probably get her to the hospital no, at this no. point. No, like she's she's obviously hallucinating, or she yeah. you know, like you know whatever. But she says this is this is the dialogue, honest honest dialogue transcribed from the film. Oh, mom. The tree is so beautiful, as beautiful as all of the things the toy master taught me. And and the mom says, oh, he must be a very wise man. He was. He was. He taught me that it was in our hearts that we must stay young and try to be good. And that we must believe. And that we'll always have a Merry Christmas and everything, won't we? Always and always and always. That is that is the last the last of the dialogue of the always and always and always. It was in our hearts that we must stay young and try to be good, and we must believe. Believe believe in what? You're you're not making any sense, sweetheart. Call the Mary. Call the hospital. Call an ambulance. We got to get her to the hospital. I thought maybe that if she woke up and she was all right, that it would have been okay. But she's obviously got brain damage. What do you? What do you? None of these words make sense. Um, and then, uh, she looks over her shoulder, over the mom's shoulder, she's giving her a hug, and there's a, a toy soldier. Not life-size, but, you know, two feet tall, but it looks like exactly the toy soldier, and then the toy soldier salutes her. And then, so that's it. That's it. Oh, by the way, uh, Jack, you're never allowed in her house again. Your reckless driving almost led to the death of my daughter. Nobody cares that Jack was like speeding through a blizzard and and nearly got this girl and killed. Got fucking launched. Yeah. <laughs> tree. Yeah, that's it. There's your there's your terrible Christmas uh TV movie made in Germany in nineteen eighty six. I gotta say this I think was a nice tune up for praying for my own death summer because I think yes. this is actually worse than most of the things I'll choose for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um uh, we're gonna try and, and have a taped episode for next weekend. It's, it's Thanksgiving weekend, so we're gonna we're gonna choose tr- Alex. Why don't we tell them? Why don't you tell listen, them what you're doing to me? I I'm not I'm not even making you do it. I'm saying that I might just do it myself. But there is a one hour and six minute student film called Thanks Killing, featuring uh, a demon possessed turkey that talks and kills people. Um, it looks campy as all hell and probably will be fine for you to watch if you don't mind the sight of obviously fake blood. That's it. But it's, it's called Thanks Killing, and it's available on Tubi. So I will try. I've been a very big girl through all of October. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. If I can handle blading, hopefully I can handle this. In all the in the entirety of the one hour and six minute Thanks Killing movie, there is less blood than one single John Moxley match. So, okay. well, you know, if he's busted open hard way, <laughs> we'll see what I can do. <laughs> the, the turkey is gigging like mad while the camera's off of him. Just 
<laughs> under under the, the holiday yeah. table. Just yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, uh, yes, it, it will certainly be an awful film. Uh, and so, yes, we will we'll try and get that taped sometime next week and then watch it be great. Week. Watch it be like a masterpiece. I, I, unless it's like, I mean, it could, I don't think it will. That kind of movie can only be great if it's a Velocipaster. Got it. You know what I mean? And I just don't think it's going to be. It might be better than we thought it was going to be, but it won't be great unless it's Velocipaster. God, that movie um, was great. That was great. was great. That's what I'm hoping. I'm, I'm, I always hope that it's going to be that good, but it never is. Um, thank you, everybody, for being a part of this. Uh, yes. Thanks, starting, starting, yeah, starting, yeah, starting very soon, we'll be doing a lot of, of really bad Christmas movies that Kate will make me watch. Um, and next week, we'll do Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Day. Gobble, gobble. And uh, next this week, obviously, we're getting the flick out of here. Obviously. Oh my gosh, we didn't even do the thing, but it's just such an it's obvious. Obviously, yeah. get the flick out of here. Well, and this is and, not richer for the experience in any way. No. Having watched this film, except no. Eileen Brennan's great. Yes, Eileen Brennan is very good. But other than that, just get get the flick. She just wanted she's wanted a vacation to Germany. That's all she wanted was a vacation. All expenses paid vacation <laughs> to Germany. Oh, good for her. I'm, I'm, I'm I, ha- I hope she 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 went to some Oktoberfesting. It was good. She got she got a little knockwurst, little little large pretzel. With beer cheese dip. Good for Eileen Brennan. She deserves it. She but does. other than that, get the flick out of here. And next week, get the flick out of here. Goodbye, everybody. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Click the subscribe button and find out what it means to me. Nah, that doesn't have a ring to it. But if you like videos about real news stories that are funny, stupid, or weird, subscribe now.